The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Crank up the music, charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. The most epic exhibition of For My Sins ever seen on British TV. Don Goodman can't decide if penalties are a lottery or not. The official Club Tat Classico, footballers who don't clap properly. And in all its non-celebrating, cramp-relieving, mascot-warming, penalty-misser-consoling glory, it's the Classy Touch 11. Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 163 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me is Charlie Eccleshare. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right. Charlie's got a book out, everybody. Charlie has leapt upon the back of football cliches and he's cashing in. What's it called and what's it about? Uh, That is absolutely, yeah. Um, The Beautiful Poetry of Football Commentary. And it is... You actually get a mention, Adam, in the foreword. Damn right. You know... How classy a touch is that, by the way? It is a classy touch. And, uh, uh, although someone very convincingly photoshopped in forward by Richard Keyes onto the front cover on Twitter yesterday. I, uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. It's, it's stuff like that that just, uh, yeah, you know, that, that's why I, lo- I love our sort of community. Um, When's it out? It's out at the start of September. And yeah, basically it's sort of analysing famous bits of commentary as if they were poems. So it's kind of in the style of a poetry anthology, but rather than Wordsworth, it's Drury and Tyler and the lads. I hope you give it kind of full pseudo-analytical force. You haven't oh. gone in half-hearted. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's very much in that style. A lot of sort of rhetorical terms. and It's basically just yeah, finally putting that English and Latin A-level to uh, those, those English and Latin A-levels to good use. Iambic pentameter. Exactly, that sort of stuff. Yeah, did try and see if there was any in, in kind of pentameter and that sort of thing, but I don't think even Drury is quite that rhythmic. <laughs> well, football poetry inventor Ned Bolting will be delighted at the very least. Look forward to seeing it. Good luck with it. Alongside you for this one, of course, is David Walker. Dave, the live show is sold out. The Football Clichés live show, there are no tickets remaining. Will we have touts? <laughs> Bloke in Reebok Classic outside going ticket yeah. ticket show buy or sell buy or selling will we get will there be a sort of backlash as well that a lot of true fans have been either priced out or you know that we've given too many have gone to like the cliches family sort of corporate yeah. sponsors I was following you back in 2010 I couldn't get a ticket um there may be other shows, that's all I can say. Um, let's see how this one goes, first of all. But let's see how this show goes, first of all. This is the adjudication panel to kick things off. I'd like, Dave, to finally bring down the curtain on the very pleasant Birds of a Feather story arc. <laughs> um, an elegant little section, an elegant little chapter of Football Clichés history. Um, let's refresh our memories of, of uh, Tuesday's revelation that the fans of Bishop Stortford were the first to sing it. <laughs> 
so after the release of that little watched video earlier in this week, Gareth got in touch and he says, I have to admit it was me that introduced the song to Bishop Stortford FC. It strikes a melancholic chord which works on the terraces, even when there's only a handful of away fans at Western Supermare on a Wednesday night. We love the song. It probably hit hardest when the club lost its ground in 1997 and nearly went bust. So yeah, it has got that kind of poignant tone, hasn't it, Dave? It kind of suits suits the circumstances of a club nearly going under. It does. I, and I, they play in blue. Exactly. It all fits. If you could go back to Gareth with a few follow-up questions. Um, <laughs> how, how did he first introduce it? Mm. Should have asked like, him this. Yeah, what was the conversation? Did he get a gang of people together? Did he just go for it himself? Like... I hope he just had the same impulse as me, Charlie. He just heard the song or it popped into his head and he thought, what a football chart that would be, by the way. That feels right. Yeah, I mean, the, my endless fascination with how these things start, I guess it's, for, you know, you've got to try and then it's very much a meritocracy, isn't it? If it works, it all, if it strikes a chord and clearly this did. <laughs> just imagine that moment where he's sitting there going, right, okay, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it, right. <clears throat> What a lot. And just waiting to see if anyone joined in. How nerve-wracking that must be. Three or four weeks for some buy-in to happen, surely. (laughs) What's that song? I think he said it was um, sort of late 90s that he introduced it. So that would have been sort of peak Birds of a Feather era, right? So... Yeah, maybe maybe it would have been sort of on the on the tip of everybody's tongues anyway. So, but yeah, good to hear from the originator. And unlike those horrible situations on this podcast where it turns out that it's actually a Peter K joke that I'm reading out, mm-hmm. um, I'm actually quite I'm quite pleased that someone was the forerunner for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, after all, next up, Nottingham Forest heroics against Sheffield United in the Championship playoff semi-final on Tuesday night. Um, plenty, I'm sure, are tuning in, expecting us to um, embark on a, another chapter of Gary Weaver watch. But no, no, it was, it was a good performance from, from Weaver, um, as always. Uh, but I'd like to focus on uh, Don Goodman's performance in the penalty shootout, where he takes perhaps the most well-worn penalty cliché and then completely contradicts it straight away. Well, the first thing I have to say is commiserations to Sheffield United because they were truly outstanding tonight. They were the better team, but penalty shootout is a lottery and they blew it big style. (laughs) Can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways, can you, Charlie? (laughs) That was so great. You've blown the lottery. Yeah. You've done it again. Yeah. What are you doing going for those numbers? You're an absolute (laughs) moron. How are you picking 17? You know you're never going to get one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. Come on. <laughs> These are basic things. I love that because that's such a good example of the words so losing all meaning that you just say them almost as a reflex, yet yeah, with with zero thought as to what, what you're actually saying. Right then, um, an absolute classic for my sins here. This is from Monday night's episode of Eggheads on Channel 5. <laughs> and listener James has pointed me in the direction of this. Right, and uh, I want to do it slightly differently this time. I'm not just going to play the clip to you. What I want you to do, Dave and Charlie, you'll have one shot at this. I want you to shout for my sins at the moment you think they're about to for my sins. <laughs> okay. And the person who holds their nerve the longest wins. Don't worry. Don't worry about the rules. Just do it. Do whatever your heart tells you. Okay. You ready to quiz, you eggs? You eggs. I think you are. 
challenging the might of our quiz goliaths today are the lower league lads. Long-term <laughs> oh, friends, yes. their team name comes from their support of lower league football teams. <laughs> Let's meet them. Hello, my name's Andy and I'm an actor and candle baker. Hi, my name's David and I'm a PR consultant. Hello, I'm Gareth and I'm an independent pension trustee. <laughs> Hello, my name's John and I'm a house husband. So Andy and team, welcome. Thank you. Great to see you all. And you go back, some of you, quite a long way to university days. Yes, well, these two all went to university together. Then I went to, uh, went to college with Dave and sort of through him oh. met the others. And yeah, we all had a love of quizzing and uh, did a lot of... Uh, Quiz leagues in London back in the day. Well, since... That's very encouraging. And what about the football teams? Can you help oh, us with who supports whom? Yes, well, I'm a, I'm a Leighton Orient fan. For my sins. For my sins. Gareth is a Wrexham fan. And John on the end there is a Tranmere fan. So <laughs> oh, the best one of all. Oh. I don't think we're ever going to beat that, Dave. So good. I Yeah, I did go early. I thought you it was going to be a non-footballing for my sins. You overthought it. There was something tantric about that, Charlie. <laughs> and Dave was just premature. <laughs> what, what what were the the so the full clubs that there was Leighton Orient, Tranmere. I mean, what was the other one? Candlestick maker. Um, yeah, that was good as Independent well. Independent pensions advisor. Yeah, there was house there, husband. There was a lot, a lot of sins there. But yeah, Leighton Orient just felt too good. For my sins. XS. XFMS. That was brilliant. It took me ages to find it because I first thought that Eggheads was on BBC Two and now I was staring at the BBC Two. It's on Channel Five. Where is it? It's on Channel Five. Good signing for Channel Five. Yeah. Like when they got neighbours. Right then. As listener Sam Pinky points out, this was after Kevin De Bruyne's four goal salvo against Wolves the other night. Dave, he quite rightly points out. Have you ever noticed that players always feel the need to point out when they've scored four goals <laughs> with their fingers? <laughs> it's so weird when you yeah. think about it. It's an absolutely ridiculous footballing behaviour. Why not? Why? Why do it? Well, I think because a hat-trick, you don't need to point out that you've scored three goals in a hat-trick because it's a hat-trick. It's a great moment in and of itself. You obviously yep. wouldn't do it with one or two. Uh-huh. But four is like... It's a special, it's, a, it's quite a rare thing for... There's, there's a novelty element to yeah, it, there? Yeah, it's like, oh my God, I've got four, four, mm. just to remind you, four goals sort of thing. Yeah. I don't know, maybe we were talking about the, the boot polishing goal celebration the other day, Charlie, which is obviously, there's an element of theatre to it, but it is a little bit too maybe literal. I don't know, there's something a bit too obvious about it, but holding up four fingers to demonstrate that you score four goals, I just find it really odd. I find it very strange. Did De Bruyne himself do it? Yes. Because that's the acid test in a way, because he's the most kind of clinical... I can't think of a player who'd be less fussed to score four goals almost. It's, he'd kind of be like, well, yeah, it's my job. That's what I'm here to do. What's the big deal? So if he's doing it, that does show how much it's permeated and how it's almost just a reflex. Like you said, the, the sense you sort, of, you sort of just have to do it. Got to get it right, though, haven't you, Dave? I mean, which way round is your hand pointing? I'm thinking palm facing you. Yeah, I would go palm facing me. I think it's quite an easy thing to do. If you do three, you've got to like, you know, get your little finger mm. with your thumb. Four, it's just nice in there. Tuck the thumb in. Four fingers. There you go. It's really funny you say this as well, because I, I saw earlier a goal Son scored to make it 2-0 in the game against Leicester like in 2017. And mm. afterwards, he was doing like a 2-0. I was like, that's so weird. Like what, like... To who? To the, to the fans in a, in a celebratory kind of way. Because obviously he wouldn't be winding up the opposition fans. That's not his bag, is it? So it, Yeah, it just seemed really, really it just Providing seemed a very, service. It, it just seemed like a... 
Yeah, that's that's sort of broken the unwritten rule. You can't do it at two 0 That's just his that's teammates weird. behind him holding up about thirty-seven fingers to show what time it was. The goal was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Good old. service, thank you, Son. What a nice guy. Um, but yeah, just something that Sam Pinky noticed and which we appreciated. So, who are the players that scored five goals in the Premier League? Andy Cole, Shearer, Jermaine Aguero, Defoe. Defoe. Did they do five? Did they do the full five? They must have done. Can't not. Surely, it wouldn't stop at four. There's no reason for it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I think I mean five. I think you definitely have, you've earned it. And, you know, yeah. that's even easy. You're saying before about easier than three. Five's mm. as easy as your life. Also, like, technically, like, Shearer would have done it anyway. Really, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah, it was all By about default. the se- it's all about the separation of the fingers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess the acid test is when someone finally scores six. Are they really going to go five fingers plus one or three to three and three? Oh, I have so many <laughs> decisions to make. Very good point. Did anyone describe De Bruyne's as a four-star performance as well? I know I did. (laughs) Just because of how... Yeah, I I, I also love the idea of someone just doing like a two-star performance after a 2-0 win. (laughs) No breakfast included, but a couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Within stone's throw of City Centre. Now time for the Club Tat Classico. A fixture long awaited on this podcast. On one side, we have uh, Archie Ryan Tut out in Sevilla for the Europa League final. Had been into the Sevilla club shop and found some Monchi socks. Really classy touch here. They're um, almost like computer graphic style little Monchis on socks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as fabled a sporting director slash recruitment legend he is, Charlie. <laughs> um, it feels too much. I mean, at what point would you want to be pulling on a pair of socks and go, ah? Great man. <laughs> what a deal maker. What, what, yeah, what, what occasion would you be wearing them? Th- this is part of the... Um, Deadline day? Yeah. Wedding yeah. day? Monchi's birthday. Mm. Um, I mean, this is all part of this sort of um, growing trend of football fans being more and more obsessed with transfers and all the things that go on with it. I mean, this, you know, the start of the season when I reported that Fabio Paratici was getting serenaded by a chant by the Spurs fans when, when he arrived at Selhurst Park. And you just think this is kind of the natural extension of, you know, where football fandom has gone. And and, and that, and this then feels like an extension of that. I mean, Monchi socks. I mean, who, who else? I'm trying to think who else there would be for that. That guy at Leicester, that scout, were they selling... <laughs> I can uh, never remember their names. Because Steve, they're, they're, Steve they all have Walsh. sort of referee Yes, names, Steve Walsh, but not the Steve Walsh... Yeah, who played for Leicester. Thought. Yeah, that I thought he was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, were they selling Steve Walsh memorabilia after their so. title winning season? It, just, it doesn't feel glamorous enough. I don't know. With I love due the, respect to the profession. I love the idea that somebody will be wearing the Monchi socks. Because I think if you wear a flamboyant sock, you want someone to see it. Mm. So I can just, I love the idea of like someone sitting on like, on like the tube or like even in like an office or whatever, and they've just got their, you know, they've got their legs crossed and their socks exposed, and you just someone else goes, ah, Monchi. Monchi, yeah, <laughs> nice. Ah, good man, good man. Um, on the other side of this debate, though, Charlie, um, with, a, with a little slice of irony, I imagine, too, it's the Fulham cheese board to mark their championship-winning campaign of 2021-22. Uh, laser engraved. 300 by 200 millimetres, 100% sustainable Hevia wood, can also be used as a chopping board, made in the UK, do not put in the dishwasher. Yeah, that feels more they, they know their reputation, they know their fan base, and yeah. they're playing to that with a, a nod and a wink. It's a, sm- it's a smart cheese board, don't get me wrong, there's some excellent engraving going on there. Will we see it at Craven Cottage next season for mm. a half-time 
cheese selection. That's the that's the real quiz. Um, I, can, I, can see, I can see someone being because bought it, this. But if you got if you're having a dinner party, <laughs> and you pull out the Fulham cheese board, I mean it's. Mm, Takes the it does somewhat take the shine off the sophistication of the yeah, of the evening. It does. Yeah, flip it over, use it as a chopping board instead. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the Monchi socks just edge it for me, Charlie. Here in this one, classier. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I, 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 I can I can picture them in the way Dave's saying, and I I like the idea of someone looking at them and not realizing that's who it is and imagining it's a kind of South American revolutionary or something. Yeah, well, it either looks like Monchi. Or it looks like Wayne Rooney arriving at court <laughs> for Wagatha Christie. Um, either way, uh, it could be useful. Dave. Wagatha Christie. Tat. Someone should have half and half scarves outside the Royal Courts of Justice, actually, shouldn't they? That is an yeah, amazing yeah, idea. Yeah, office is only around the corner. Could be easily <laughs> done. Um, if only we were that way inclined. Um, now, news reaches us, Dave, that um, the Premier League are introducing two new awards for oh, this yeah. season. The first is the Most Improbable Comeback Award, which is based on the win probability statistic developed by Stats Perform, which calculates the chance of a team securing a win or a draw by simulating the remainder of the match 100,000 times. This award will go to the team that came back to win from the most improbable circumstances or where there was the lowest probability of a win. It's a fairly novel uh, addition to the yeah. usual raft of end-of-season awards. Um, Statsy? No, I can't wait for... Keezy and Andy to get, get a hold of this, um, but it, it, does, it does seem a bit. It's a bit wordy, isn't it? I mean, sort of get it, but like it's a bit. It was a bit forced, a bit much, and also the. I feel that the sort of that all that bump you just read out there will mean that somebody will win it, and it will be like not the obvious choice. Yeah. Mm. It'll be like a 1-0. Someone's come back from 1-0 with the 83rd minute and they go, actually, because of the rating, that, that was actually more improbable than a 3-0 to 4-3 or something stupid like that. be interested to know if anyone's going to sort of start arguing with it, arguing against the statistics of it, mm. though, Charlie. But, I mean, when they're presented with it, whoever it is, God, God, it's not really going to be a gala situation is it? <laughs> standing there with it. Oh, yeah, that one. That's good, wasn't it? Uh, still got relegated, though. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Something I always imagined getting when I was growing up. Yeah. But yeah, it does feel partly it's been done to goad Keys and Grey. So I yeah. really, really hope they do get stuck into it. And next up, perhaps a more straightforward affair, Dave. It's the Most Powerful Goal Award. This will be awarded to the goal scored in the Premier League this season that carries the fastest average speed from the ball being struck to crossing the goal line. Only goals scored from outside the area without the deflection off another player will be considered for the award. Okay. Slightly, slightly unnecessary technicalities there. Can't you have a blast from 10 yards? Well, Is that that's, allowed? that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, well, what if, yeah, what if someone just sort of smashes in a a loose ball in the six yard area? Mm. That probably would be faster than exactly. some of the other shots. But yeah, count, okay. Apparently. Yeah. They could so, have a separate one for in the area. I mean, if they're doing all these awards, just make it as granular as possible. Most Love powerful. But it's, um, and it's just ruling out, it is sort of discriminating against a lot of other types of goals there. So only, it's only for blasters well yeah that is the point of it though i mean it's not it's not saying it's goal of the season yeah sure but are they going to introduce um best curled are they going to introduce yeah exactly most classiest classiest finish i'd be curious to know the the softest goal or like the the angle like the most they should should have the softest goal yeah but like what about like the one that's curled the most Hmm. most acute yeah. yeah, trigonometry to find out which one had the the biggest arc. I'd like to know. Can of worms has been opened here, really. Yeah, mm. twenty five years too late for Nicky Summerby, former holder of the world record for fastest shot. Uh, he'll be disappointed that this award wasn't around when he was playing for Swindon. Big question next from Art McCarrick, Charlie. 
simply asks, when did goalkeepers stop wearing baseball hats? Great question. Um, and why? Yeah, I mean, I in my head, I can't think of it much beyond the early noughties. I mean, I think of it as quite a late 90s and 90s in general thing. Who was the last goalkeeper you could remember wearing a cap? It feels Chris Kirkland was a big cap wearer. Yes, yeah, that's a really... Yeah, and, he, and, and I think of him hmm. stopping doing that around that period. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't know why now... A, a grounds... Are there fewer of those grounds which aren't built up and have, you know, low sun that affects the players more? Would that make sense? Can't be an architectural thing, surely. The, the sands can't have shifted that much in the last 10 years or so, Dave. Um, I think there is potentially a little bit of that, but I have just done a very cursory Google search, literally just typing in goalkeeper baseball cap. <laughs> um, and Forensic. I've got... England keeper Joe Hart mocked for wearing baseball cap. That, that's from 2017. That was during that game against Scotland. That game against Scotland in the summer, where they with those with all those late goals. Uh, also got shots of Dean Henderson for Sheffield United. Mm. Pickford's wearing one for Everton. So there are some recent recent examples. I was going to say that um, Jordan Pickford seems like the most likely candidate in 2022 to wear a baseball cap at elite level, Charlie. Maybe Ramsdale. Ramsdale's quite baseball cap I going to say Ramsdale, yeah. yeah. I mean, him and Pickford, there are just so many overlaps. If one's doing one, you can you can imagine the other with as well. Yeah, sort of smooth, playing out from the back, unruffleable, um, Rolls-Royce-y goalkeepers from the continent or, or further afield. I can't imagine them wearing caps. It's Alison not. wears tights, but I can't imagine wearing a cap. I've always thought that even though there is obviously a practical reason for wearing it in terms of shielding your eyes from the sun, it would also sort of annoy, like, does it also sort of put you off a bit, get in the way, kind of, it's still there, it's sort of, it's kind of in your peripheral vision sometimes. On a, on a similar goalkeeping theme, this is great from Edward Woodhouse. He writes in, Charlie, and says, whenever I hail a bus, I always go with the top hand in goalkeeping terms. Is this acceptable behaviour? Pressed for further details, he says... So I'm facing the bus with my left side closest to the road, but I bring my right arm across to signal it to stop. What is he doing? Oh, that is un- that's, that's very insane. unconventional. Yeah, <laughs> that's just wrong. I don't think a bus driver would stop. He'd be like, "What's he doing? Is, he is that because that's his stronger hand? I mean, wasn't that sometimes why keepers would do that? They go with their stronger hand, and it would look just... really weird. You've got to get their arm out into the road. I think. And it's easier to, just to really yeah, make it, it clear. But you want to do the the, one, that with your outside. But you might your, if you did it with your backside of your palm. So you do lean across like, you, like you're leaning across your body. I think a bus driver would be perturbed if he saw that in front of him. He'd have to swerve to get out of your way for a start because <laughs> he'd be worried you're going to tip yourself into the road. Edward Woodhouse, what are you doing? Uh, just order an Uber next time. Very worrying scenes. No one else should be doing that. Um, next up, uh, Darren Altman has got in touch. Voiceover artist, impressionist and former Mm. Britain's Got Talent semi-finalist. In a professional twist, he sent us his submission for the adjudication panel by MP3. Hi guys. So I don't know if this is the done thing, but I hope this better illustrates my footballing pet peeve than uh, writing it down. So um, one thing that annoys me is footballers' insipid clapping. And what I mean by that is that, say, you've got a footballer, he's just played 70, 80 minutes, he's been hacking down the opponents, opponents have been hacking him down, and he finally gets substituted, his number gets called, and as he's walking off, he puts his hand above his head or to the front of his body, and he applauds the crowd as they stand to their feet to show their appreciation. And instead of giving a proper clap, he puts his fingers at the bottom of his palms and gives a weak, insipid... 
That's the sound it makes. You can't hear it, but that's the sound it makes. It should be accompanied by nah, nah. No, 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 no. If you're going to clap 60,000 people, that's it, clap. I want to see you clap. I want to hear that clap. Weak, insipid clapping by footballers walking off the pitch. <laughs> um, he's bang on, though, Dave. This is a very good observation. Um, but I'd never really kind of factored in the potential sound that that may make. So it is just a gesture, isn't it? They're not clapping properly. No. Darren's right. No, he is right. And it's the sort of same thing that you occasionally... I don't know if... Uh, this might just be me. I don't know if you two have ever done this. But occasionally you will sort of greet someone like maybe if they turn up to football on the other side of the pitch and you'll sort of go all right mate and mm. kind of clap, clap them in sort of thing and you sort of do the, instinctively do do the same little tiny little if you make fingers the on the bottom sound of the clap, you'd feel stupid well it's because it's not yeah i'm not going to go yeah, all right fella draw attention to yourself morning like you just it's just all right mate like sort of clap them in sort of thing and it, I think it is an instinctive thing. It would look because they don't really want to do it either, do they? On the pitch, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a little nod. It's an acknowledgement. Mm. It, maybe it just hurts Charlie sometimes to clap properly. You know, when you, you know when you find yourself clapping. Yeah. You think, Why does this hurt this yeah, time? Yeah, 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 yeah. That can happen. Mm. Yeah. There's been a thing as well that's um, developed this season. People have noticed that Mikel Arteta can't clap. Well, He's really? got a really weird clapping technique where he can't clap, and then. I've just because I've just looked this up, the Arteta can't clap thing because it's been going around for a while, and it's there's there's then this ridiculous story where apparently a lot of this is how a lot of Spanish people clap. They clap, <laughs> <laughs> they, they clap in a totally different way, which I I have no idea if that's true or that's. Uh, it's a bit like how they spell ha 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 with a J. These are cultural differences. Yeah. Can you um, for the and obviously not for the not for our listeners who are, are going to be hearing this, but can you just demonstrate this to me on the Zoom so I can see what you of mean? Like. Like a child would clap. Yeah, it's just really cack-handed. It's what, a so bit like, like from both sides, like each other in the middle. Did you ever watch Arrested Development? No. One of the characters in that, Job, he cut, he sort of does this weird sort of clapping thing. And if anyone's seen that, they'll know. There's they a um, Arteta. I think there's a there's a viral clip of Michael Gove not being able to clap yes, properly, isn't yes, there? Yes, exactly. Yeah, um, it's that sort of thing. This will this will turn out to be something that afflicts like eight percent of the population or something. They just can't clap. It's the inability I mean, to 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 cup your hands enough to create a clapping noise. If you're still getting the sound, doesn't really matter how you do it, really. Mm. I, I guess. Mm. But, Purpose yeah. of the clap is the well, noise, isn't it? Yeah. This is going to go in the Arteta long read when he finally gets sacked. <laughs> there, there, there should definitely be a long read on his inability to clap. And to bring it back to Darren's point. I suppose if the purpose of the clap is the noise, the, the the noise inside the stadium is so loud, it would be wasted energy to do a proper full clap. So just yeah. doing a little one gets the job done. I wonder if the overarching point he's making here, Charlie, is that it would be a classy touch for a player to really go for it and expend the energy necessary to clap a, fan, a set of fans properly rather than just giving it the fingertips to lower palm. Yeah, I, th I think there's something in it, though. For, like, there is a kind of not wanting to expend energy and you know how footballers like to as soon as they finish playing they like to look very casual they'll put those sandals on and sort of put their feet up on the bench yeah. I don't know I think that's almost already started by the time you're being subbed off you're it's amazing how lethargic they suddenly become when they're not yeah. playing football isn't it yeah exactly there, there, there's that you know that look they're sort of slumped on the bench they've got their adidas sandal yeah. things on mm. Yes, I don't know. Maybe it's the easing them into that state well on the subject of classy touches that brings us on to this week's centrepiece, the Classy Touch 11. 
Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Now the ethos for this, Dave, is, is fairly clear. We're going to run through the 11 classic positions of the football pitch and uh, allocate classy touches relevant to their particular mm-hmm. positions. Uh, perhaps the most en vogue classy touches for 2022 and get a nice cross-section of classy footballing behaviour. To kick us off, Charlie, listener Alex Everson writes in and says, Reading through all the replies, it feels like a lot of classy touches come from strikers. Which position is least likely to provide a classy touch? Instinctively, what are you saying? I mean, I guess the ones that are least le- that, that are in positions that are least likely to lead to goals one way or another. Okay. Because I think off, in my head, a lot of these... Not all of them, but quite a lot of these classy touches are related to goals. Um, so if you're not in a position that's likely to do that, I think you're at an instant disadvantage. Interesting, you're taking a situation-dependent approach to classy touches, whereas, Dave, you could also suggest that for some players it's an inherent thing that they're likely to do, they're, they're just that kind of player. So if you think of the Venn diagram of a classy touch, you've got things that might happen to to kind of initiate a classy touch then you've got a sort of player with great values who are always likely mm. to provide a classy mm. touch out of nowhere at any moment um, can't think of the third circle for the venn diagram but at least there are lots of things to consider when it comes to classy touches or players who aren't likely to provide them yeah i, no, I think that's bang on i think and i think it's not just about strikers at all as, as we'll see as we go through this 11 there are some definite position specific big time classy touches yeah yeah uh, actually my instinct for this was that goalkeepers might not be so inclined to do this sort of thing no. because, you know, they're, they're their own breed. They're, they live on their own planet. They are very self-contained as much. But there are some, like starting with goalkeepers. I mean, the obvious one is a goalkeeper scoring yeah, and then classily commiserating with the other keeper after tweeting out, after being like, you know, these things can happen, Absolutely. hashtag goalkeepers union or something. Yeah. And that would yeah. be very classy. I think uh, that's an ec- excellent shout. Robbie Michael has written in with the exact same thing. I think that's that's a very good... Um, starting point for this completely right about scoring uh, and sometimes there's you know the muted celebration after scoring can be yeah. can be seen as a classy touch and I think you're right to bring up the post-match because it doesn't even necessarily be, have anything to do with a goalkeeper scoring save one save one goalkeeper has an outstanding performance or or in opposite one goalkeeper makes an absolute howler the two goalkeepers embracing at the end and whichever one is in need of the comfort you know, getting a hug and a pat and a well done or whatever, that's like, oh, classy touch there from... I don't think it even takes that much for goalkeepers to embrace. They will embrace even if the referee just simply asks the teams to change ends. Even in Sunday League, you, you are obliged to recognise your opposite number as <laughs> yeah. you walk past and go, oh, good game. Well, that's just, game. that's part of the Brilliant goalkeeper's together. union though, isn't it? Pure yeah. goalkeeper's union. I think, yeah, maybe it does lend itself to, to classy touches. I think, I think the refusing to celebrate after you've scored a very freakish goal over your opposite number is right at the vanguard of this Tim Howard I remember did that didn't he yeah. once he really that, lo- loads of players ran to him to congratulate him and he really it wouldn't. was really aggressive yeah, yeah, it, was yeah. Like, it, that, it was yeah so classy yeah I think this will be hard to beat but let's 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 go with some other suggestions Dan Mead says clapping the opposition fans on approach to goal that they're sitting behind mid-level I like I that one. I wouldn't say it was even a nice touch. Well, it is a nice touch, isn't it? I yeah. think I like that. I think it's a nice, understated classic. Don't touch. have to do it, do you? I think particularly in this day and age, it feels a bit old school to me. When you know, there you can imagine there'd be a lot of banter flying uh, towards the goalkeeper. But I like I like the fact that that still holds, no matter who it is, no matter what ground it is. You get a little, and I think it is also it's, a, it's probably a clap 
It's probably a fingers on lower palm clap in, as well. well. It, is, it is. I mean, it, uh, you know, emotionally, it's a very nice touch, Charlie. But let's let's not let's not underestimate the technical considerations here. Um, as Dave says, there may be an element of of what Darren Altman describes as as insufficient clapping. But um, they're probably carrying the boot bag and towel as mm, well, which mm. will drag the hand down. It's not easy to clap. Think yeah. think if you're carrying a really heavy bag of shopping back from uh, Big Sanos, and uh, someone you instinctively needed to clap. The, the the weight difference would make it difficult. So goalkeepers <laughs> should be praised for this. You suddenly, need, you suddenly saw some away fans. And, yeah. And had you got, or you're carrying a really heavy bag of shopping, but you need to scratch your head quickly. It's like, oh, oh. Aaron Ramsdale just carrying his shopping and putting it in the net. <laughs> just keep it there. Or oh, the Kieran Tierney Tesco bag. But Aaron Ramsdale... It is a good thing to mention there because I think whilst what you're describing is a nice touch, I don't. I think the the bar is almost would football on BT Sport clip that up and have pure class from. I'm not sure they would, no. but what they would do is something Aaron Ramsdale did earlier the season and pick out a young fan in the crowd and say him, him, make sure he gets my gloves. Oh yeah, of that's that's pure class. That I is think. class. On, on a similar note, let's end with this one from John Sands. He says, for a goalkeeper, it has to be allowing a very small child to score a penalty against him, possibly allowing it to dribble through his legs or alternatively diving ridiculously in the wrong direction. This is very last day of the season behaviour, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, like or like club open day sort mm. of pre-season situation mm. or... Doesn't it's not as classy when it's with your own kids, I don't think. But like if, if, if the kids are on the pitch at the end of the season... And the lap of honour, and like one of them, yeah, one of them, one of them uh, kicks the ball in. Yeah, I would question this though because I don't. Th- again, if you're not doing that, you are a horrible, horrible human <laughs> yeah. being. I, and, I and think e- it would and, be funnier though. And that's even, and even, and, and we'll get onto this because I think that it's a really interesting discussion of. But a lot of the time, you're doing very basic things that are hailed as classy touch because you're a footballer. But even in that world, I don't think you're going to be getting. Twitter account saying, you know, pure class from Eric Torxved in this sort of, <laughs> you know, amateurs v pros game for letting a five-year-old score past it. Yeah, Even by our classy touch standards, not doing that is an absolute dick move. All right, Absol- I agree. With absolute you. genius from from Brees Samba, who had all the all the positions of the of the Nottingham Forest players' children's <laughs> likely direction <laughs> on his water bottle, straight down the middle, really weak, just to the left, a bit weak. Doesn't even hit the target. Can't kick the ball properly. Um, is only 18 months old. Yeah, that was written on the bottom of his bottle. Okay, now I think we're all in agreement. Let's go with goalkeeper refusing to celebrate after they scored a freakish goal from long range past their opposite number, thanks to the rules of the goalkeeper's union. Let's move on to our fullbacks. And this might feel like an innocuous place for classy touches. It might not be relevant, but it is. Trust me. Dan mm. Mead is back again. He says, having a bit of banter with a good-natured heckler before a throw-in. You've got to give them a little curse. I think it's nice to give them a bit of cursory kind of attention, isn't it, Charlie? Yeah, that 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 is where they lend themselves well. At least they have the proximity to the crowd. I'm just thinking what would be especially classy about that. Like, it, I don't know if, if or, or, you know, could it be... I will allow nice touches for this 11, just to be clear. Yeah, but just a bit more specific would be, I wonder if, if, if say, they were teasing a fullback about having big ears or something and then he entered into it himself and mocked himself somehow that would be a kind of like pure class from from this guy you know being self-deprecating and being part of the joke maybe maybe for an element of of kind of give and take dave uh, perhaps a better situation would be a fullback who's um who's been sort of gently nudged into the advertising hoardings and then finds themselves in row a with a set of opposition fans 
most of the time that ends up in something quite light-hearted, doesn't it? Like everyone will help each other up, and that's a mm. nice touch, isn't it? Yeah, good to see. And I do actually like seeing that. That is yeah. nice to see. I actually yeah. like that sort of interaction. I have to and say. maybe shook the hands of like the person in the front row who sort of helped him get back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. But that could would he? Not... Or could he? Could he pretend to let the guy take the throw in or something? <laughs> oh, would... It's not Wimbledon. Handing <laughs> 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 his racket. <laughs> no, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Always tennis, isn't it? Um, what I would say is um, careering into <laughs> Sue the... Barker, just a, what a classy touch from Novak there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely to see, isn't it? Um, happens every bloody year, doesn't it? Yeah, almost, almost scripted. But yeah, I would say careering into the first row, even if you hurt somebody, doesn't clear the threshold, Dave, for having to give them an item of your clothing after the game. Um, we'll get onto this later, but I, mm. I feel like that isn't enough to have to go and visit them later and give them a boot or something like that. Or your no, pants. no, oh, definitely right, definitely right. Um, other fullbacky suggestions, Charlie. A functional right back, Edod says, helping an opposition player with cramp during extra time. Mm. 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 But there's yeah. a cynical element to this, isn't there? It isn't. It isn't. Um, isn't pure kind of benevolence, is it? What you think is there's a. A time-wasting like, element? Yeah. Get up. So if you're winning and you help someone recover quickly, is that classier? I guess oh, what, that would because be Because you mean it'd be in yeah, your interest definition. to just let them suffer and yeah. run the clock down. Yeah, yeah, that would Maybe. be classy. Um, a cu- distant cousin of this, Dave, would be um, a striker who who does up the opposition goalkeeper's laces because they can't. Yeah. 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 That is class. That yeah. is class. But then um, turns out it's the depth of winter, it's too cold, and the goalkeeper just has to take his gloves off anyway. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At Sunday league level, that would be the centre-half's job, not the opposition striker, just yes. to be clear. Mm-hmm. That's from Matt Burks. In that case, I quite like for this one the having a bit of banter with the good-natured heckler before a throw-in. That seems to be more, the most full-backy one of all. Very yes. situation specific, mm-hmm. very position specific. Well done, Dan Mead. You were successful with that one, at least. Um, let's move over to our centre-halves then. I haven't got many suggestions for this, Charlie, but... Um, uh, I like this one from Patrick. He says, player giving a cold mascot his pre-match jacket. That could be a very centre-half-y thing to do because they don't need it because they're rough and ready yeah, and rugged. I was thinking that it's more... I was imposing as a kind of cat club captain yeah. um, with the centre-back thing. And so, yeah, a gesture like that. Maybe I mean, it's I feel a bit like... hendo, isn't it? It's very hendo. Yeah, it is It is hendo. And we'll get on to hendo because there, there, there's more in that regard. Right. Um, I feel like he'd the club captain would also... And this is getting off the pitch, but would also be the most likely to surprise a bunch of school children. Mm. Um, you know, he, he ahead of Christmas or something like oh, that. Oh, right, yeah. Sort of pure class from the club. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, this is a very good point, Dave. We do need to squeeze hospital visits into this. Um, we should we should, we should, should have centre-halves doing this, shouldn't they? Because they're big, imposing guys, but they're actually teddy bears at heart, aren't they? Yeah, gentle giants. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just sort of ambling their but way in. But not a first-choice centre-back, like one from the bench. Yeah, yeah. so, like, I imagine, I, I, can just, I can just imagine Dayan Lovren done, doing a lot when he was at Liverpool, not playing, but still putting a shift in in the community Davinson Sanchez yeah 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 someone who's just got a bit of time on their hands because they're not they're not traveling up with the squad (laughs) um yeah yeah okay let's yeah Phil Jones probably done a fair fair few yeah Yeah, I'd say so seems like a nice guy too so that fits quite well all right let's get let yeah let's go with um a centre-back giving a cold mascot his pre-match jacket that seems like a nice pre-match classy touch now into midfield now the engine room do they have the time do they have the energy for this sort of behaviour Dave I offer you first up a post-penalty shootout consolation of an opposition player who missed 
I've said this is proper captain behaviour as well. Only the captain should do this, assuming no kind of previous club allegiances or anything like that. But it, it's proper captain behaviour, I think. Yeah, once the and whilst there's kind of delirium all around him players running in all directions and everything but captain club captain x has taken the time he made a beeline for his opposite mm. number to, to to console him before going on to celebrate with his teammates would be nice to have an extra layer to this charlie it, like they would have suffered penalty heartache themselves yeah. before so they know how it feels they're straight over there aren't they yeah i just find that this is such a classic and i was saying this earlier someone like the this um whole thing is so ridiculous because it is a really nice thing to do, don't get me wrong, but it's also so much easier to be gracious and classy when you've just won. It's amazing. And, and so I just think like, yeah, it is a really nice thing to do, but you know, as we've seen with Klopp and many others, it's very easy to be avuncular and charming when you win all the time. And this, I would, I just, I, it's quite a nice thing. I just don't, it's such like a, let's make it into this massive, pure class, nicest man in the world. It's like, you have just won. You're going to have like hours and hours of jubilation it's a mm. quite nice thing to do. It'd be more okay. classy if the player who's just missed the decisive penalty wades into the celebrations of the other <laughs> yeah. team and says, well done, well, lads, shakes all their hands. <laughs> that would be the classes. Yeah. That's literally <laughs> the opposite end of the spectrum. That would be magnitudes classier to get up out yeah. of your own misery, go over to the celebrating team and clap them and say, great and penalty. Say, you know guys. what? You well deserved done. it. Well done. Yeah. Wish yeah. I'd Fair known how to take penalties like that. Oh, I can imagine. It'd be off yeah. the scale. I like this. Let's get that one in. Um, next up, Charlie, Matt Taylor says, letting a retiring or permanently injured club stalwart lift the trophy instead of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very, cool. very much so. Or sometimes they'll do, uh, you might have a few of them hold, holding the trophy the up double together lift. first. Yeah, kind of, yeah. The, I, I know I'm now the club captain because this guy's injured and never really plays anymore, but he's a club legend and he, he should do it. And, and they'll be wearing tracksuit trousers because they haven't yeah. actually played the game. And even better if the club stalwart, Dave, is a little bit reluctant to do it, but then he gets beckoned over going, come mm. on, yeah. no, no. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, come on, mate, you were involved in this as well. Yeah. Definitely. On a tangent from this, Dave, very uh, worrying scenes from the weekend. Uh, Virgil van Dijk who uh, was not lifting the trophy first for Liverpool because he's not the captain. When it when the trophy was passed down to him, he lifted it one-handed. Ooh. That is disrespectful to FA Cup tradition. Uh, admittedly unwritten FA Cup tradition that one has ever spoken about, but I, With... I would say don't do it one-handed. Was he one-handed or was he like yeah, just round, one the, handle. round the base or just nope. one-handed? Lifted it one-handed. You, you risk the lid falling off there in the Royal mm. Box, which would be very embarrassing. I don't know if the lid was still attached. I think it may have been because he was only the third or fourth player down the line. But yeah, respect FA Cup tradition is what I'm saying. Uh, how about this though, Dave? This is from A is for Arsenal. He says, don't see as much of it these days, but a normal penalty taker giving up penalty taking duties to allow a player a chance at completing their hat trick. Pretty classy. And I'm, and I'm always annoyed when it doesn't happen. If there is a player on two on a brace yeah. and yeah, you get a penalty the and the game's, the game's safe. I'm annoyed when you see the still the regular penalty taker mm. still wants to score his goal. Yeah. Ooh, stick, well, stick, to, stick to what we've decided. Ooh. Yeah. Stick what's in the laminated folder. Ooh, can't have him have his hat trick. There's a chance this weekend you'll see it in relation to the Golden Boot if, say, Son yeah. you know, could Kane step aside. You get it sometimes as well for a player's last and game. Kane wouldn't step aside, would he? I bet he well, wouldn't. this was the discussion we were having. I think it would. I think he's got the you know he's got the Premier League goal record. He's got the Spurs record. He's mm. got a lot at stake there. Oh, that's rubbish. Oh, I'm chasing Alan Shearer's record. Just score one more goal in another game. Try a bit harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all those assists coming back to bite you. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's a nice touch, Charlie, but I'm not having it as as our midfield top dog here. Um, I like the letting a teammate lift a trophy. And I also like consoling the penalty heartbreak character from the yeah. opposition side. So let's have both of those for our midfield engine room. Happy with those? Yes. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's a staple, the penalty consoling. Yeah. yeah. Imagine. I remember Lothar Mateus doing it, Talia 90, which I think is the genesis of this. So Right, let's go out to our selfish, self-centred forward line. Eli Aldridge kicks us off, Charlie, with owning up to accidentally deceiving the ref has to mm. be a hashtag classy touch. This is, this is a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Robbie Fowler is the one that the poster boy to mind yeah who then missed the penalty but then went for the rebound i mean it's a bit weird like if you, if you really want to miss it just sky it why are you <laughs> putting it on target and then going after the rebound oh yeah uh, interesting added scores. twist to this you think he was setting up mcateer for the rebound well no i just don't know <laughs> but he goes after the rebound instinctively he goes to <laughs> yeah, score that, it. that was pure instinct yeah it's just so weird though it's like was he trying to miss and if you are trying to miss just sky it, and uh, put it wide. I think it would be too obvious to sky it. I think he, I think he, I think he got it just right, and it was just pure, un, you know, pure bad luck that McAteer the, followed it up. There was McAteer. Mm, um, yeah. yeah, this is. I mean, you or sometimes don't you see a don't send him off type thing? Yeah. Which again, and and this the amazing thing about all of the, about this is that you know you're not making a difference, so you look really sporting. Yeah. And um, yeah, but you're, you're doing it in full knowledge that it's going to have no effect and yeah, you still get just, the advantage. Yeah. yeah, It's like what we've talked about before with Sunday League of saying to your opposite number, like, yeah, that shouldn't have been a pen. Yeah, <laughs> never a pen. It was like, not really, that's not really that classy because you're, mm. not, you're not doing anything to change the outcome. Yeah. No, I do, I do like this one, um, Dave. I think there's, there's a, a slam dunk that we have to address here, which is, of course, the muted celebration mm, yeah plenty of um, mild derision on tuesday night for takumi minamino's muted celebration against southampton uh, after his 10 games on loan last season um instinctively i thought mm, not really the threshold but then i thought at the same time should it take much you probably formed relationships with backroom yeah. staff and all sorts i don't think there's really a number we can put on this and i i think also there is an element of if they are the club that really you sort of first make your mark at, which is very much the case for a player like Minamino or uh, you know plenty of other young players who go out on loan, it's different if it's sort of a mid-career loan spell, you know, in the football league. Yeah, you've had two months there or something. But yeah, I think I think there, if there is an, a clear sort of emotional attachment to the club, I think it is fine. Okay, fair enough. There are a couple of funny wrinkles though with this. Like one, the other week, Eddie and Ketia also for a loan spell yeah. with Leeds didn't celebrate the first goal but then did celebrate the second goal. And I wondered if there's a kind of, in the PFA, it's uh, legislated that if you score two against a loan club, you are allowed to celebrate yes. your second, that that sort of overrides it. Do you think that the calamitous nature of the first goal kind of lent itself to the, to the muted celebration? But I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have celebrated anyway, even if it had been like a 30-yarder into the top corner. But it's yeah, fascinating that you just, he just decided to celebrate the second one. Absolutely fascinating. Why does that wear a... off? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Is there a limit? There was also one I remember that really amused me if he'd held up four like... fingers if he'd gone four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you put up one fewer to, <laughs> yeah. to really rub it in. But yeah, there was one a few years ago. I just remember it. Um, 
was like December 2014 and Alex Song scored against Arsenal and of, and did the kind of muted celebration but then it was disallowed mm. and then oh. he's obviously going mad at the alignment being like no it's, it's a goal and it's kind of like <laughs> the instant kind of I never wait a minute that. I thought you were perfect. You, you were humbled and well, bothered a minute ago mate. Goal. yeah <laughs> you don't seem so humbled now this is great this is great technicality chat I want to dig deep into Minamino's muted celebration Dave because if we analyse the, um, the technique um, it was he blasted the shot in at the near post and it was a good wheeling away scenario could have wheeled away but he went for the light jog the respectful light jog mm. um, two kind of semi-apologetic hands like saying I recognise the situation I'm sorry but you know I had to do it etc uh, and then and then the third thing he accepted the hugs of his teammates he didn't push them away he accepted the head pats maybe even gave out a couple himself yeah. in return I think that was well measured you know of all the possible combinations I think that was quite well measured but it must be quite weird to be that guy in the middle of the hugs, accepting the hugs, but not hugging back. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of stood like a statue in the middle of all those hugs. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you do with your arms? I, I, I do think, though, for this to really qualify, because it's so ubiquitous, and, and also, if you remember, it became a bit of a culture war, didn't it? In sort of, I remember when Frank Lampard did it, and it sparked yeah. a number of opinion pieces of like, this is ridiculous, like, we've gone too far, game's gone, why can't you celebrate yeah. against teams you've played against? You're not playing from them anymore, sort of thing. So I don't think now that would ever qualify as a classy touch. Mm. I think it might qualify as a classy touch if, in scoring the goalkeeper got injured or something and rather than celebrating you were stood over with the keeper calling over the physio and it yeah. would be like pure class from this striker rather than celebrating he's more concerned about his yeah. injured I agree opponent. with you or, I agree or let's say in a hypothetical universe Sergio Aguero had previously had a loan spell at QPR in 2012 <laughs> and scores and that goal but still doesn't celebrate in that moment that's classy touch well, this, this has got me thinking, all these possible scenarios has got me thinking about what is, what is the main element of a muted celebration? What is, the, what is the clincher that makes it muted? And I would say it's probably the straight face, the fact that you're not smiling and you're not sort of screaming, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the first thing. Mm. Maybe the hand gesture comes next and everything else is just seasoning. I think it doesn't have to be done. It's just yeah. an added effect. But it, if you take the Minamino one, the, the very well-judged combination that he went for, if you just took one of those elements out, would it still be a muted celebration? By which I mean, if he did the straight face and the hands of apology, but did sprint off down the pitch. <laughs> Absolutely herring down the pitch in celebration, but dead straight face. That's, I want to see no, if I do that before I th die. That would be amazing, but the sprinting expresses jubilation. The, the mute, you can't really have a muted knee slide, can you? Muted <laughs> A knee slide, yeah, you don't knee crack into a smile hands. at any point. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing I want to see footballers play around with these elements please curious one up next Rob Siney says Charlie now this is one I'd never considered <laughs> but I think this is quite classy the more I think about it he says applauding a save from the opposition goalkeeper from your shot how do you feel about this yeah, I saw that someone had mentioned this. And this, again, this is very Tennessee. Djokovic has made a real thing of clapping a, a good opponent's shot. And it yeah. is. Um, and I think that is genuinely quite good sportsmanship because that is a time where you have just lost a point and you could be quite annoyed. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think this is more of an actually of quite good sportsmanship depending on the situation if you're 3-0 yeah. up and you've already scored a couple and you're having a great day it's yeah. very easy to be clapping a goalkeeper if they've genuinely made a brilliant save to deny you and you're furious but you still have it about you to say well done that's that's genuine class interesting that you make that distinction the the example that Rob Siney sent in this was uh, Matt Letissier 
taking mm. a free kick for Southampton against Manchester United. 1-0 down Southampton were, May 1994. Chasing the game, Dave. Fighting relegation with just one more game to go after this. They ended up escaping by a point, but he wasn't to know that. He took a free kick. Gary Walsh saves it, and this is how it was described. It's indirect, though. Somebody will have to put their foot on it first if he's going to put it in. They have Letizia. Oh, what a save. Gary Walsh. Letizia even applauds himself. What a sporting gesture. The whole ground is doing likewise. He curled it to the corner. And a flying save to his left by the goalkeeper who's just come back. Maybe the implication there, Charlie, was that Gary Walsh had just come back from injury or something. So did Matt Letizia know this? Yeah, yeah, such a knowledgeable player. Well, wasn't Gary Walsh sort of much maligned as yeah. well? Mm. So I do wonder if there was an element of like, you know, he no one liked him because he was Schmeichel's deputy, and mm. then yeah, he, here he was having his moment. Yeah, I think there's a bit of that. I think the the situation helps out there. So so Letizia hits the free kick. Obviously, the ball gets tipped around the post for a corner. Well, then he has to then has to run past mm. the keeper to get yeah. to the ball. Yeah, so it's kind of um, yeah. He, would he, I don't think he would have done it if the keeper had caught it. If he was like a proper, he'd have to go towards him and clap him. Yeah, yeah. if he's like a proper centre forward, he, he could have gone up to the keeper and sort of barged him, sort of in a funny way, and gone, "Ah, get out of the yeah. way! Ah, stop saving my shots!" Um, but yeah, situation all considered, classy touch from the once classy Matt Letizia. I like this one. This is from me, actually, Dave. Uh, checking on the welfare of a fan whose face they pelted the ball into in the warm up. Yes. Uh, we've had this sort of similarly before, but I think this is a very striker specific one. Yeah, but it's like a it's sort of a reserve striker or someone who's perhaps not as accurate with their with their shooting, <laughs> who are just do taking part in the striker's drill before the game with that with that with that separate goal that's set up just down to the to the left or right in the corner. Something as well that's very that feels very striker as well, the ostentatiously pointing to a teammate after you've scored, so you're kind of getting the glory, but the guy who's set it up or has been involved in some way, who, who's like a kind of second-rate winger who's come on, point being like, no, 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 guys, I know you love me, but it's a very Adebayor. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, he used to do it sometimes when he hadn't scored, and it was like, yeah, it's obviously. That, it's that Man guy. City love an assist pointy Just celebration. This don't, guy. Yeah, no, this no, guy no, pulled no, the goal back. All I had guy. to do was the simplest yeah. of tasks. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I do like it, but I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't call it even a nice touch, to be honest, Charlie. I don't think it qualifies. No, I'm not sure it's a classy touch. Just, mm. just with, with the... Um... With the taking one in in the in full on in the face in the warm up, forgive me for being cynical, but given the the sort of modern frenzy over trying to get any item of clothing from a player after a match with science and stuff, are we going to approach the age one day where where you'll get a dad and son, son just sit there, the ball comes, <laughs> the ball comes, don't flinch, it might hurt, but take it. You're gonna get a sixty pound shirt <laughs> if you're lucky. Uh, yeah, yeah, or even worse, sort of. Mid shot, a dad engineering their son to go oh, in the way put, of it. Putting put the kid, oh no. Yeah, yeah like, like those baseball clips you see every Monday yeah. morning from, yeah, great stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep the muted celebration. That's there by default. I think it has to be the muted celebration. Yeah. I was just thinking uh, one other thing off the back of that as we, as we moved on. What did Robbie Keane do when he played against all of his former, many former clubs? Mm. Did, was he a yeah, muted celebration a man? Because 
or I mean, I'll assume that he probably did do quite a few muted celebrations. But on the subject of uh, muted knee slides, could he like push everyone away and just go, no, no, I'm still going to do the roll and the guns, <laughs> but just very slowly in a very respectful a, manner. A mournful <laughs> somersault. Yeah. Well, technically, the, the somersault begins with two hands up anyway. So yeah. he's kind of, he's sort of apologising. <laughs> that would regardless. be amazing yeah, to roll out of it and then have the hands up. Yeah, instead of doing the guns. Don't do the guns. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Don't I'm shoot really your sorry. old fans. Is, is there also an extent to which if you have played for so many clubs, that does dilute it a little bit? Like, is there less of an expectation? You know, it, it, you know, the unwritten rule, if people can barely remember you played for them. You know, like if, if Robbie Keane scored against West Ham or Aston Villa... <laughs> I mean, surely he's not yeah. having to do it. Is yeah. he? What if the, what if your own fan? What if those fans don't remember you playing for them? Then, then that <laughs> yeah, they'd be really confused. What's he doing? Did what's he play? What's wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> Why is he um, celebrating? I, I'm Boo! amazed we talked about. Me- <laughs> I'm amazed we've talked about music celebrations for this long in episode 163 of Football Keys. This seems very episode two material, but still, glad we've rinsed it. Um, but I do want to. I'll talk about the ultimate classy touch and a, a real life specific one, Charlie. And that was, of course, Paolo Di Canio catching the mm. ball at Goodison Park while Paul Gerrard, the Everton goalkeeper, lay prone on the turf. Commonly accepted, Charlie, to be one of the greatest acts of Premier League sportsmanship, of course. Yeah, I, and it was. It was. It was really good sportsmanship. I have a slight issue with this in the sense that it is. It's not exactly a five yard tap in. It's. A floated cross to him, towards his head, quite an awkward height. He's on the edge of the box, surrounded by Everton defenders. Really, really great he did it. But I don't think it's quite the... Um, I think if you were, the, the way that story is told now was as if he had a tap in and was like, no, no way am I scoring this goal. Yeah. Wow. Very classy, lovely thing to have done. But uh, yeah, I think has been slightly exaggerated. Oh, well, I no need to get too indignant about it. I mean, you're not alone here because uh, there is a there's a video out there on Sky Sports YouTube channel about it's like a mini documentary essentially on <laughs> Paolo so Di Canio's yeah. classy touch. It's absolutely bizarre the way it it's goes. It's like a on. crime scene. Yeah, let's it's, it's so weird. Let's set the scene. Here's here's the intro, uh, and they use they use one of the forbidden words here and very inappropriate. This rehabilitation was complete on December sixteenth in the the year 2000 with his iconic gesture of catching it's the ball not iconic. with the goal seemingly at his mercy against Everton that is not at his mercy sportingly almost it's not iconic he catches the ball there what nerve does that take <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we're all familiar with this now so the scene is set but this here here can I just also take issue there with that what nerve does that take <laughs> I would argue in a way it takes more nerve to score against a team with an injured player because you know you're going to get absolute pelters Agreed. from everyone at that ground for doing he it. He took the easy option. Yeah. yeah. He bottled the <laughs> header. No, he bottled what would either a header from the edge of the box or a bicycle or a sort of Trevor Sinclair style bicycle kick it was the only way he was really scoring that. Yeah. Um, he- healthy doses of cynicism here as you as you are rightly pointing out. Um uh, this is the second clip from this mini documentary which is really the beginning of the twists of where they start to doubt the whole thing. Trevor Sinclair is about to come into the picture now. He's about five yards away from Gerard. <laughs> does he stop play? No. Do the Everton defenders ask him to kick it out? No. Sinclair takes a look up and pings it into the Canio. He's got his hands up when the ball is still high in the air. He's made his mind up early. He's going to stop play. He's made his mind up early. He's got to make his mind up early. the cross and then barely He's watched it all the way. And the opposition striker catches the ball. 
Everton captain David Weir gives the Canio a little pat. Would have the Canio even scored? <laughs> All right, here we go. <laughs> that is ridiculous. This is where it really starts to twist. This it's is like where, JFK. This is where Charlie's theory starts to get. It's very JFK. Like the Zapruder film. Yeah. So now, now after after praising De Canio for this iconic act of sportsmanship and uh, employing some low-level frame-by-frame analysis of how it all broke down and suggesting that maybe the Everton players weren't that bothered, let's hear the third act of this mini takedown of Paolo Di Canio's finest moment. He's in the box, but only just. There's two Everton players (laughs) near him and two are on the line. What was really on for him? He says he would have tried to head it, although it looks an awkward height. Kevin Campbell was the Everton striker at the other end of the pitch. He's got plenty of quality, and he could have he could have probably produced a rabbit out of a hat and and, and got it on target at least. <laughs> <laughs> Completely unnecessary. This I do not understand what's going on here. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. I actually hadn't seen the end of that that uh, that twist. I I stopped watching. I was like, this is so ludicrous mm. and overblown. Yeah, that's just they really can't decide what they're trying just to tell it. you. Just praise it and yeah. move on. But the. The, the, the moment, Dave, where they're circling the Everton defenders to point out where they are and suggest that Di Canio really hasn't got that much space to, to work with. Incredible yeah. scenes. What was the pitch? What was the... You guys, I really think we need to look at this again. On just second yeah. thoughts, Paolo yeah. Di Canio's act of sportsmanship. <laughs> it wasn't even looking at the date. Was it even an anniversary of it? Nope. Don't know. Iconic, I mean... It didn't, it didn't really like it. Okay, I want a little manager for our 11 as well. Um, I'm going to go for giving a, the, his National League managing opposing number 30 minutes in his office after a 5-0 win in the FA Cup third round and handing over his analyst pre-match dossier just to show that they had full respect for them. Nice. I think Jose Mourinho did a lot of these sorts of things. Do you remember like th- throwing his medals back to the crowd to say, no, no, you have them? These are yours. There was one he did as well after Troy Parrott made his Premier League debut for Spurs and he get, he very ostentatiously gave him the match ball but, as if to say, you only play for a few minutes, fella, but you earned this. Me- the medals things can be seen as disrespectful, I think. True. To, to, be, a classy, to, to be a classy touch. It's, you know, I'd never throw yeah, my medals into the crowd. <laughs> I guess it depends how you do it, yeah. Um the other alternative for this, Dave, is uh, ordering your team to concede a goal immediately after scoring one in unsporting illegal yes. circumstances. Yes. Um, Dave, my only issue with this, I've got no issue with the sentiment. I think it's bang on it, and everyone tends to applaud it and say, good stuff, crack on, game continues. But I'm worried about the technique of it. I feel like they should, be, they should force the, team, the other team to score a more spectacular goal than simply sort of, you know, gently slaloming through. And then, and then the weird thing about it is that the player who scores that goal really bottles it a bit. They don't score from the edge of the box. They don't even score from 12 yards. They go right up to the six-yard box and tap yeah, it in. How far away Perfect. can I be confident? Because if you, all, nearly all of the players who take kickoffs in the Premier League would have the ability to ping one in from the halfway line. But if you miss, what do you do? Do you, do you get, yeah, do you get another go? score an own goal? Or like on the goal kick? Or give it straight back to them? Like, should shoot yeah. from kickoff. Should be forced to shoot from kickoff as far as I'm concerned. Just do it. Yeah. You don't even need to ping it. Just, just a firm side foot. It would go in, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or might dribble over the line, though. And if it's not going in, the opposition team helps it in and scores an own goal. I mean, just yeah. make it more fun for everybody involved. It's too clinical, too boring. 
I'd like it if players argued over it in the way they sometimes do over a penalty. <laughs> they really wanted to be the one who gets that bonus goal. Shit, really under- away. Yeah, oh, really <laughs> undermining the classiness of that touch. What would happen let me if... Have it, mate. I really need a goal. Like, if there's like two players sometimes running through and one of them accidentally passes forwards to the other player and he's offside. <laughs> oh, do it again. No, you wasted it. <laughs> Oh, the referee would have to. The referee would be. The referee would have to come over and go. Oh, I'm sorry, lad. Well, I'm you sorry. could. You could. But you, well, the referee doesn't have to give it. But then VAR would have to get involved. Oh, <laughs> just a massive line, just like if, huge if red line. VAR got involved to allow slash disallow a goal scored <laughs> um, in the aftermath of the goal being scored at the other end that was illegal. I would die the happiest man in the world. <laughs> um, a rare situation for this. I want He's going to have chairman. to check it. I'm just going to bring in Peter Walton now. Now, in a rare, a rare twist for our one of our 11s, I want a chairman for our classy touch 11. And there's only one option for this, Charlie. I want a chairman who will respond to the application for the vacant manager's job from either a six-year-old child or a bloke who plays football manager. That's good. A headed but- notepaper. I would also offer a give fans free beers because the kickoff time has changed or something, and, yes. you, and you want to show you're yes. kind of you know you, you get it. You're 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 a man of the people. Yeah, some some nice. I think I think beers though is a good is a classier gesture. Yeah, fair enough. Charlie, a very fulfilling exercise. This really f- it restores your faith. If we even needed to in professional footballers. Yeah, absolutely. Pure class. Three hand clap emojis all the way. Absolutely. Uh, thanks to you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to you, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for listening. See you next week. Bye bye. The Athletic.